Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is... Terminator Rewind! I am your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda! And the wild yet elusive Jekka. Hey folks, thanks so much for joining us again. We are talking, obviously, the Terminator a little later. We're also talking Jamie Foxx is returning as Electro in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Netflix has released a new trailer for Cobra Kai Season 3. The Witcher is already picked up for Season 3. And things are not looking too good for uh, movie theaters. And we're going to be talking a whole lot more, so make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say. Plus 10 Nerd XP to ya. Nerd XP. We love you guys. And uh, for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning Nerd XP. Nerd XP. But in the meantime, (laughs) Jekka, what's nerdy with you? Hey, so I just need, I wanted to give a little update um, on a Dungeons and Dragons campaign I was invited to. Cool. Um, as a, for those of you who don't know, like I've recently gotten into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, my brother, two of my brothers are very, are avid gamers. Like they, they have created their own campaigns and they've like been in campaigns. And one of my brothers, he decided that he really wanted to do one of the, like already set up campaigns because i'll tell them like they were always kind of designing their own creating it as they went but one of my brothers decided he wanted to do the curse of strahd which is apparently like the best pre-made dungeons and dragons campaign ever made so he got a hold of that and i was invited to be a part of that campaign so we're having our first campaign our first meeting so to speak uh, on wednesday this coming wednesday so i'm really excited about that i got my character all made um nice. yeah so i'm excited and i'm like yay like what? a real campaign and i was invited by other people that are like avid D gamers so <laughs> very nerdy <laughs> very cool yeah i'm all ready to go all right just don't don't be rolling ones on them. Otherwise, you might be getting kicked out of the group. So Oh, I know. And like with my other brother's campaign that he's designed for his kids, I've been rolling so bad on it. And I'm like, <laughs> I better not roll bad on this one. Okay, look out for the die because sometimes it's that one die that yes. always rolls bad. Yes. Oh, yeah. You, you learn your die's characteristics for sure. Amanda, what's nerdy with you? What have you been up to? So I've been playing State of Survival, and I'm realizing I have to close my account. I just have to close it out. I have addiction issues with it. <laughs> I love talking to the people. I mean, I'm people from all around the world play this game, and I love that it's mobile. And so I can take it to things like... 
Star Wars fan club group meetings that Austin gets mad at me because I'm sitting playing this major event. And I I homeschool, so sometimes I try and arrange my kids' schoolwork so I can play my event while making them do schoolwork. <laughs> and it just it can't keep continuing. So I have to give it up. And I'm so sad. <laughs> you will return to it maybe someday but i'll i I don't know if i'll find the same people though because the people were so cool i'm so sad (sighs) well if i can't play star wars squadrons and you can't play stay to survival (laughs) oh boy what is this this (laughs) oh for him it is for him it is. all right all right i got i got okay All right, so I am a Star Wars fan, a huge, gigantic Star Wars fan. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that is true. And like there's Trekkie for Star Trek fans. There needs to be something for Star Wars fans. And that would be a good appropriate one would be Austin. You're an Austin. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you. Thank you. So I am a Star Wars fan today. Thanks to a computer game that came out in like the mid late nineties called X-Wing and a follow-up called TIE Fighter. And these are space combat simulators. Like you are playing from inside the cockpit and you are flying missions to help support the rebel Alliance or the, uh, or the empire. And as you serve uh, on these different missions, you collect medals And it's like you're living out a real fantasy of serving in the Rebel Alliance or serving in the Empire as like a military officer. And I loved this game so much growing up. And when uh, when I went home from my friend's house who owned the game, uh, I would go home. And I would go through a draw and I would start watching the Star Wars movies over and over and over again. Because in my mind's eye, I was like watching uh, watching fighter pilot dogfight tape. So that way I could get like, you know, the characteristics of the TIE fighters down or the X-Wings down uh, and see what kind of stuff they did. So when I went back to my friend's house and I played the game, I'd be better in my mind's eye. Well, anyways, these games came out in like the mid-late 90s. And I have always, in the back of my head wanted them to remake those games with like modern day graphics and the creme de la creme is in my mind's eye in my dreams i've always wanted it to be like a virtual reality experience so it really feels like you're inside the cockpit of a tie fighter well star wars squadrons is that very game that i've been dreaming of for like 15 20 years and it's out on PS4. It just came out. And guess guess who doesn't have a PS4? That'd be you. That would be me. Yes. You don't have one. Yeah. Yeah, I oh. do. And so so I've been watching I've been watching people play it on YouTube. He's also been campaigning for a PS4 for months now. <laughs> I haven't. Well, now it's going to be a now it's going to yeah it's going to have to be a PS5 or an Xbox Series X now or something. But anyways, um, the game's out and I've been watching people play it, 
And I've been using, you know, moments of passive aggressiveness to force Amanda to watch people, watch them <laughs> play the game with me, Amanda. Watch them play the game. And look at their awesome VR setup. And look how awesome the game is. And I'm not watching them play. <laughs> and uh, and that is my that is my rant. That is that is what I'm going through. Someday, honey. Someday. Someday yeah. what? What does that mean? Someday you will have one. But okay. Today is not that day. <laughs> so so man so yeah. But Amanda was saying yesterday. Um, you uh you get a PS4 after I get my new fridge. Yes, I need a new fridge. You don't need a new fridge. Because here's the difference. You've been dreaming of a new fridge for like maybe a couple years. <laughs> I've been dreaming of this game for well over a decade. Maybe even close to two decades now. But our fridge is literally falling apart. Yeah, our, our, our ki- yeah, our our kids are trying to climb up the fridge and they're breaking things off of it. Oh my God. They're, they're breaking shelves and things. We want like a zoo. Yeah, really. We do have four children. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, the the difference is, is honey, you may have been dreaming of this for years. No, 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 not years, decades. Decades. <laughs> you may have been dreaming about it for decades. But if we don't have a fridge to keep our food cold, we won't survive for, uh, for very long. Everybody's being mean to me. Really quick immunity to a various fungi and bacteria. <laughs> Everybody's being mean to me. I don't like it. I don't like it. Hey, All I right. You in this, Austin. Yeah. Actually, I'm just playing neutral, so yeah. Jekka Je- gets to have a Nintendo Switch. Why can't I have a PS5? <laughs> My only child, if you want to call it a child, is a bearded dragon, and she has no maintenance. So, should sh- should I look up one of those how to build your own PS fives? <laughs> now you're just being mean to me. I, I think you like take something black and you stick two white pieces of papers to it. Oh my word! All right, <laughs> let's move on to no news. <laughs> Many Bothans died to bring us this information. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, Jamie Foxx is going to be reprising his role as Electro in Tom Holland's Spider-Man 3. Not not Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man 3. Tom Holland's Spider-Man 3 from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, So while we have no idea how the character will be utilized in the story, Fox took to Instagram to comment on playing the character again, confirming, quote, tell Spidey, let's run it back. Super excited to be a part of the new Marvel Spider-Man new installment. Can't wait for y'all to check the new one. And I won't be blue in this one. But... A thousand percent awesome. Swipe left. Now, things are going to get interesting here, okay? Because this post that he did on Instagram has been deleted. But this post, when it was posted, had some fan art, which had three different Spider-Mans, three of them, standing on the edge of a building 
looking up in the air at kind of like a blue storm above their head. And in that storm, there was a bunch of electricity going through it, and it has like superimposed over it Fox's electro eyes. But three Spider-Man, that's right. So so it's confirmed that Jamie Foxx is coming back to the universe of Spider-Man as Electro. But you have to assume that maybe the studio made Fox delete that post because of the picture having three Spider-Men in it. And, you know, there have been rumors of Tom Holland's Spider-Man being joined on the big screen with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. So does this picture add some legitimacy to that rumor? Well, I think it has to in some way, shape, or form. I mean, it's it's obviously, uh, it's like, it's fan art. It's not something that the studio released, but... The fact that Jamie Foxx would throw a picture of three Spider-Man looking at him, I mean, that that looks kind of suspicious and adds some you know credibility to the multi-Spider-Man rumors. I don't know. What do you guys make of all of this? Well, I can see which one's Tom Holland, and I can see which one's Andrew Garfield. I mean, the one on the other one, like, it's not as clear whether that's Tobey Maguire or not. Well, I mean, honestly, I think the picture might be from um, uh, Sony's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse film. Mm-mm. It looks like that to me. It, it, uh, it kind yeah, to me it has that it has that um that glitchy look to it, like what was when they were breaking the yes. multiverse barrier, the universe it, barrier thing. It has the glitchy look, but you can tell one is like. By the back of the head, you can tell which one's wow. Tom Holland and Andrew Garfield, like the hair. Yeah, and Andrew the Garfield hair. is definitely the middle. Yeah. So, I'm so, doing it wrong. <laughs> so, are you, so, what, Tom Holland on the right? Yeah. Andrew Garfield in the middle with the and hair? Then, yeah. And then, and then I to- haven't seen the ones with Tobey Maguire in a long time, but I'm like, I, I yeah. don't know. Well, the third, the the one on the left's a little more glitchy than the others. Yeah, true, yeah. true. But, but I mean, this is this is not a studio made picture. I mean, this this is fan art. Fan art, yeah. So, so I mean, this it, the it's fan art. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily confirm anything, but it is very suspicious that Jamie Fox would announce or well confirm that he is returning as Electro. With a picture of three Spider Men, and then the post gets deleted. <laughs> yeah, thankfully, thankfully, somebody on the internet took some pictures of it. So interesting. Woo. Now, remind me again, who is exactly Electro? Like, I'm, I'm forgetting. He, he's like electricity. He can uh, shoot out electricity, and and uh, he you know, can basically turn into current and travel from, oh, okay. uh, you know, electrical socket to electrical socket. So I vaguely remember that, but yeah. So, so Jamie yeah, Foxx. So, so yeah. Okay. So Tobey Maguire had his three Spider-Man movies and then Andrew Garfield came in under the amazing Spider-Man. And um, in the second one, Jamie Foxx was Electro, and he was kind of the blue character. So, mm, okay. So, uh, you know, just to be like crystal, crystal clear, I think what Jamie Foxx is trying to say is that he's coming back to play Electro, but it's not the same Electro from Amazing Spider-Man Two. 
He did say, after all, that he's not going to be blue in this one. Yeah. So, I don't know. It looks interesting. We'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. But moving on, Ready Player One actor Ty Sheridan, a.k.a. the main character dude, mm-hmm. uh, talks the possibility of a Ready Player Two sequel movie. So, Ty Sheridan starred in the major blockbuster adaption of the hit novel, Ready Player One. And he is currently in the large-scale Quibi series, Wireless. Uh, and fans are hoping that we will get to see him return in a Ready Player Two somewhere down the line, as it was recently announced that the book's author, Ernest Klein, is releasing a sequel novel this November. Ooh. And in a recent interview with Comic Book, Sheridan talked about his feelings on a Ready Player Two sequel film. Quote, recently, like I've had people asking me questions about, you know, a Ready Player Two movie, you know, is there going to be a sequel? And I think everybody's well aware that Ernie Klein is releasing a Ready Player Two, the novel, you know, but people keep asking me and I would love to have an answer for you. And I think people, you know, will, will and can speculate all they want, but I don't really know what the plan is yet. I have my fingers crossed, and of course, I think it's a great idea, and I loved working on that film. So, so yeah, I hope I, I hope we get to do another, end quote. Yes, and they should do another, because it will be awesome. Yeah, I, I finally got around to watching the first one not too long ago, and I really enjoyed it. It was really good. It yes, is. It was. And I and I and a lot of people keep telling me that the book is really good. The book it's like the classic, you know, the book is better than the movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. In that the book has more details, and I've been hearing that a lot. So maybe I'll get around to reading Rated Player Run to read Rated Player Two, except I have a lot of books still that I need to read. <laughs> so well, we're right back where we started. <laughs> I'm really excited to read Armada which was given to us uh, by a fan. And so I'm, re- I'm really excited to see that, but I really have to get done with. The shadow of what was lost. The shadow of what was lost. Really need to get that one finished before I start another book. You know, I got a theory. <laughs> I, think, I think Bob will be on the podcast next week. Next week, by the way, we're going to be talking Cobra Kai. So make sure you watch season one and two. Cobra Kai. Yeah. So, so I, I got a theory. I think the reason why the three of us are having a hard time getting to our Bob book club is because it's not directly related to a movie coming out. No. And I and I think I think if we if we read books related to movies coming out, I think we would really enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. Now, my two I have a direct link um to um no time because of my um state of survival uh, addiction I've had. Oh, uh, okay. So um that would be why I haven't read it yet. Uh, <laughs> Mine is just I'm uh playing around on Arrakis right now and really enjoying it. So yeah. With the Dune novel, right? Yeah. Yeah, don't. I won't tell Bob next week when he's on. We'll all pretend. We we'll have, all... <laughs> the only way he can find out is if he actually listens to the podcast. <laughs> and we know he doesn't. So, 
So, so the three of us and our listeners kind of have can a, be in on the secret. We, 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 have, we have an inside secret on Bob, and we'll just play it off next week. Like, yeah, we're totally so we'll be like halfway. Through. Well, I'll, right. I'll probably be halfway through <laughs> by, by next week because I had to give up my. You give up your game. <laughs> all right, all right. Moving on, moving on. We were just That's talking about Cobra real. Kai. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about Cobra Kai, and Netflix. Has officially renewed Cobra Kai for a season four and has released a season three teaser trailer and release date. Woo! So the Cobra Kai fans out there, the Karate Kid sequel series has been officially renewed for a season four at Netflix. And Cobra Kai season three will premiere on Netflix starting January 8th. January 8th, 2021. Uh, and I'm really, I, I really appreciate that they're bringing it out so, so soon after the new year because there's been so many movie cancellations and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. But there's been so many movie cancellations. I, like I, the only thing we have is streaming services right now. So helping us I, I get need through these this. dates to be firm because they keep moving yeah, my movies. Yeah. All right. So January 8th, 2021, Cobra Kai season three. And you better believe that we will be talking it. But uh, the trailer that they released for oh, season three, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the trailer they released has huge, gigantic, massive spoilers in it from season two. So we are not going to play the trailer for you guys like we normally do. Just know that that if you haven't seen season one and two of Cobra Kai yet, do, do not watch this trailer. But after you get done binging Cobra Kai season one and two, go back and watch the trailer. It is pretty awesome. And, and like I said, next week, we are going to be covering Cobra Kai season one and two. So, so the big news here is season three starts January 8th. Cobra Kai renewed for season four. And we're talking Cobra Kai next week on the podcast. So there was a really interesting thing I learned about how Netflix renews and doesn't renew. Series. All right. Um, so if you notice, Netflix tends to cut shows off at season two or season three. And what someone was saying for their algorithms is if they have a steady audience for a show, they'll renew it for like a season two or a season three. But if the, the audience isn't growing, oh. they'll cut it off because once it gets to like season four, season three or four, the um, money that they have to pay out goes up for the actors. Oh. And if the if the audience is steady and not growing, there's no point in paying them more money and they'll cut the show. Oh, wow. Interesting. So that's what happened with Fuller House and all that stuff? Well, Fuller House made it to season five. Wow. So, so we could probably expect... Cobra Kai to last for at least five seasons. For five so. seasons, because they have two seasons that were made for YouTube. And then three more. And then potentially three more. Mm. Because they, they've already renewed it for season four, which is fantastic. But if the audience doesn't grow, we might not see a season five. What? No, we're seeing a season five. I just said it. We're seeing a season five. <laughs> it's potential, but yeah. probably not going to get to a season six. Well, I finished season one. So I'll be starting season two. And that's one more viewer they have. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why they've already been watching it later on because that, yeah, the growth has been dramatic 
for just the first two seasons. And that's why they've already approved it for a fourth season. Because the audience is there. Yeah. And we are rabid for more. It is cool. Especially it's after awesome. that cliffhanger of season two. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, Jekka, your mind's going to explode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> my 10-year-old is dying. But it took me a long time to clean that mess up. I was a mess for a week. <laughs> Last time my mind exploded with something nerdy. Oh, this is going to blow your mind. <laughs> oh, man. It's a good thing the episodes are so short, so that way you can just, like, it feels easier to binge. Yeah. It is yeah. true. They are, like, that's the one thing. Like, it's funny because, um, yeah, they they are short. They're, like, yeah, that 30-minute long episode. But it's yes. gripping. That's all I will say. <laughs> yes, it's it grips you funny. and it holds. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. We're still talking Netflix, though, because The Witcher Season 3 is a go. Uh, and there's rumors that they're going to be creating some Witcher spinoff shows. And on top of that, Henry Cavill himself has shared a picture of the Witcher from season two. So the, so the first season of the Witcher got a lot of praise from fans and it ended up being a pretty big hit for Netflix. And we even talked about it on a pod, on the podcast episode 88. If you want to go back and listen to our review on the Witcher, but the uh, second season is currently in production, and it looks like Netflix is planning ahead for the fantasy adventure epic. Uh, Red, how do you say that? Red, Red, Redanian? Redanian Intelligence has pointed out that a third season of the show has been added to the Writers Guild of America database, which seemingly confirms, because that is a very legitimate source, seemingly confirms that a third season is locked up and ready to go. They just haven't officially announced it yet through Netflix. But that's not all, though. According to the report from the insider, Daniel Richtman, Netflix is also currently working on spinoff shows for the Witcher universe. They say that one of those spinoffs being considered would focus on mages, which would allow for the creative team to play with the witches and the sorcerers in the universe. and given their Sorcerer, 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 sorcerer. Wouldn't it also be sorcerers? Yes, witches, sorcerers, wizards, sorcerers, sorceresses. Oh my, magic people, magic people. There we go. So there are no D. Worcestershire shosh. There are no details. <laughs> what we can expect from the spinoff, but there's certainly a lot to explore in the world. And as you know, the Brotherhood of Sorcerers played a big part of the first season. And if there's a spinoff show moving forward, it'll be pretty cool to see how they uh, all play with the mages moving forward. But, you know, none of this is set in stone. Plans can obviously change in time, but I do hope that the world of Witcher continues to grow on Netflix. I really like the first one, the first season. Uh, and the picture that, uh, Henry Cavill released is basically like a really leather clad armored witcher with like a lot of uh, studded uh, what do you call those things studded studs so studded, le- studded leather studded, yeah, leather. studded leather yeah yeah studded leather armor with uh, his typical witcher uh, long hair <laughs> and necklace and Netflix of course of course so 
Anyways, what do you guys think? Do you, you guys want a uh, mages TV show from The Witcher? It could be cool, but will it have enough? <laughs> that The Witcher likes to make. Um, and um, his um, colorful curse words that explain everything in one word. What was the name of the uh, female sorcerer mage? I'm having a brain fart. She, she she's a come on come on come on you know what I'm talking about. Was that Amanda? I haven't seen The Witcher. I I, I know. Um, I'm trying to What's remember her name. Her name. Um, um, she was like the pig farmer at the beginning. Yeah, of the yeah. Season. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, uh, what is her name? You, you, yeah. I'm sure one of our listeners is sitting there, like rolling in their seat, <laughs> on their bed, being like, "Oh my god!" Oh yeah, what? I'm, I'm Jennifer. Not, Jennifer. I loved Jennifer's character. She was awesome, especially in that last episode. Woohoo! Oh man. Well, I wouldn't mind seeing more of why they do the training the way they do, and they turn half of their or over half of their trainees into newts. Yeah. Like, I really think that maybe they were playing that off of Monty Python. She turned me into a newt! <laughs> well, well, Netflix must be pretty happy uh, with the fantasy genre. Because moving on, Netflix is going to develop a Conan the Barbarian TV series. That's right. So if you are a Conan the Barbarian fan... Netflix is developing a live action TV series based on the legendary sword and sorcery character that was created by Robert E. Howard. So the project is coming from Frederick Malmberg and Mark Wheeler's Pathfinder Media. It's also the first in a deal between Netflix and Conan Properties International, which is owned by Malmberg's Cabinet Entertainment. And the deal gives Netflix the exclusive option to acquire rights to the Conan Literary Library and develop works across TV and film, both live action and animated. So the producers are currently on the hunt for a writer and showrunner to take on the challenge of adapting the Conan books as a TV series. And they are also looking for a director to helm the project. And there are no details regarding what story the series will tell first, but there are a lot of Conan books to choose from and to pull material from. So the character, obviously, you know, when you think of Conan, you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 1982 feature Conan the Barbarian, as well as his 1984 sequel Conan the Destroyer. And there have been attempts to develop a sequel to these films in recent years with Arnold Schwarzenegger reprising his role under the movie title Conan the Conqueror. But unfortunately, like it's just nothing has come of that. And then Amazon stepped in and they tried to get a Conan TV series up and running too on Amazon Prime, but obviously that's fallen through. So, so the last time that we've actually seen a live-action Conan was Jason Momoa's, that's right, Aquaman, Jason Momoa's 2011 Conan film titled Conan the Barbarian. But, I mean, let's be honest. When you think Conan, you think Arnold. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. That is best. <laughs> 
That is good. Uh, I love that. I had, I had to throw that in there. Yeah, I'm giving you a dirty <laughs> look right now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I, excited. I, I, Conan the Barbarian. I love Arnold as Conan the Barbarian. And we'll just see if they can capture what Arnold was able to do with Conan. <sighs> yeah, that, that opening scene in Conan the Barbarian with Arnold. You know, the little kid pushing the uh, the wheel. And then slowly everybody's dropping off until one day many years have passed. And the person looks up, and it is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Can't be. <laughs> it was awesome. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure if you're a boy and you watch that scene, like I'm. Pr- I'm pretty sure uh, by the end of that that scene, you've entered puberty. <laughs> like your testosterone just. <laughs> <laughs> And this is what happens when you talk Conan the Barbarian with two ladies. <laughs> like has heard so little of it that thought it was just like a pop culture phrase and not an actual movie series. Uh, <laughs> have you not seen? Um, they're actually pretty good movies. Yeah. Have Have you not seen? Um, was it Weird Al's um, UHF? No, I haven't. Okay. Oh, I, we need to do a. We need to watch that. Yeah, maybe. We need to do that for a main event. Um, anyway, so they make they, they do a parody of Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Librarian. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you now have to see Conan the Barbarian, Arnold, and you have to see UHF. It's UHF. just a requirement now. Okay. Hold All right. Move- we'll put it on the list. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. An Avengers fan has knitted, has knitted a life-size Thanos. You heard that right, folks. A Marvel fan who goes by the name of Wooly McWolface, that's her screen name, uh, has used her epic knitting skills to knit a massive life size thanos doll we need to stop giving your mom ideas we need <laughs> yeah, to stop right now yeah my mom loves to knit all right the whole thing was created using yarn a duvet a duvet. and a duvet and pillows it's a pre- i mean it's a pretty cool uh crazy ast- accomplishment but in addition to multiple progress posts on her instagram she also chronicled her thanos knitting journey in a series of tiktok videos a compilation of which has since gone viral and you can check them all out but here's a note from the creator herself quote he's finished four months over four kilograms of of yarn a duvet a duvet a duvet i don't even know what that is honestly some knitting tool blanket oh a duvet several pillows and who knows how many bags of stuffing have gone into this guy and he doesn't even fit in my flat her apartment uh taking suggestions for my next life-size project but ideally let's not go for anything over seven feet this time thanks everyone for the support i can now picture your mom knitting like giant like 
Yes. Giant things like that for yes. our kids. I mean, yes. This thing oh, is gigantic. So yeah, go. I'm just like, I mean, I understand like creativity and like, you know, doing something that's crazy, but I'm like, what do you do now with the life size Thanos? Like, <laughs> like, what do you do with that? I think I think I think you knit a life size Iron Man to go next to it. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, go go all all you fans listening. You know, when you get a chance, Google uh, life size knitted Thanos, and you'll see these pictures. It is as crazy as it sounds. But like, I mean, let's be honest. Like, I had no idea you could even knit something so. The veins. Intricate. She knitted veins in one yeah. of his arms. Yeah, she yeah. knitted the veins with the Infinity Gauntlet on it. Yeah, the I mean, detail of the Infinity Gauntlet like, has all. stones are knitted too. Like, wow. The extreme craftsmanship on this. Extreme oh, craftsmanship. Like I said, it's like no diss to creativity, but like, what are you going to do with that now? <laughs> and once amazing. again, we'll, we'll put. We'll point out the difference between the conversations you'd have about Conan with girls versus a giant <laughs> knitting project you'd have talking with two girl nerds. Uh, yeah. All right, let's move on because this next topic, uh, I think we're going to be talking about for a little bit because things are not looking good for movie theaters, folks. Regal Cinemas is closing down again indefinitely. And AMC only has about six months of cash left. So it was recently announced that the release of the new James Bond film, No Time to Die, which I was incredibly looking forward to, was pushed back from November 20th, 2020 to April 2nd, 2021. It was also just announced that David Villeneuve's Dune, what? which we've been talking about, what will has been will be pushed back to October twenty twenty one. That was coming out this Christmas. <laughs> that, that was coming out this Christmas and is now pushed all the way out a full year from now. None of this is surprising me. It's making me sad, but yep. none of this is surprising me. But in response, in response to the news that the James Bond movie will be delayed, Cineworld, which is uh, which is uh, Regal Cinemas, is closing down 128 of its UK and Ireland cinemas, as well as all US Regal chains as of next week. So we have no idea how long this closure will last, but... With no big movies being released in theaters, they just aren't making any money. And according to studio sources, quote, it's just bad for overall movie-going consumer confidence. Overall, it sends an erratic message as to whether movie theaters are really open or closed, end quote. On top of this bad news, the debt rating agency S&P Global has reduced movie theater chain AMC Entertainment's credit rating because they're concerned about AMC's cash-on-hand liquidity. S&P Global is speaking about AMC's uh, credit drop by saying, quote, given our expectations for a high rate of cash burn, 
we believe the company will run out of liquidity within the next six months unless it is able to raise additional capital, which we view as unlikely, or attendance levels dramatically improve, end quote. So this is sad news, folks. Movie theaters have been pretty much closed since mid-March due to the pandemic and reopened uh, where where they could just prior to Warner Brothers releasing Tenant, which wasn't the greatest movie and 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 theaters were really it needing was a great it. movie but they were really needing it to yeah. pull in the attendance and as of right now it had too many mixed reviews i don't think people went to go see it because of that and, well, and as of right big factor was like because it was so confusing the first time everyone yeah. kept saying go see it again it was it, it was like because i know i fell in this category i was like hey yeah i want to see it again but I don't think I want to go to the theater and see it again. Like I'd yeah. rather wait until I could watch it for cheaper, you know? And that's cause that's where I am. I'm like, I want to support the movie theaters, but I don't want to, I don't know. I want to be able to like pause this movie and sure. like wine scenes, you know? And it's like, you don't really have that luxury in a theater. So yeah. Well, well, well as of right now, I mean, the only movie that, is big and still supposedly coming out is DC's Wonder Woman 1984 around Christmas time. Well, Free Guy. Free Guy's free, December 11th. Free, that's not a big movie. People it's are, a pe- big It's people, a Ryan Reynolds movie. Ryan Reynolds, yes, we like it, but it's not going to pull in the type of audiences that are going to save movie theaters. It Wonder was- Woman might do that. Wonder Woman could. I, have you seen the latest trailer for Free Guy? Uh, it looks amazing. It does, but... But your your mom ain't gonna go see it. My my mom ain't gonna go see it. My mom will go see Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four will bring okay. in the types of audiences. My mom that we were hoping will to only get go see tenant. movies in the theater at the Dollar Theater, so you can't really use my mom as an example. <laughs> I'm uh. just so sad about Dune. Like, so I'm. I'm reading Dune right now, which remember we have to keep secret from Bob. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm halfway through it, and like, just the further I get into it, the more I'm like, I, I'm just enjoying the story. <clears throat> I'm enjoying the world, and I'm getting so excited for the movie. And so this is like, ah, like I have to wait a year. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yes. Just. Just throw me in the deep desert. Now, 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 now here's, the, here's the thing. If, if, there were, if, if these big movies came out, I would go see them in the theater right now. In fact, I was looking uh, forward to it. That's yeah, the thing. We, I, was, we I were planning it. I was like, I was so excited. Like, as soon as the tickets come on sale, yeah. I was going to go see it, whether it was by myself and like, and, and just the trailer for Dune and what I've read of Dune, like how far I am in Dune, I was like, this is definitely a movie that I'll be bouncing back to to see again in the theater, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, Amanda and I, this this past Friday, we actually wanted to go see a movie. We, yeah, we, we were literally driving and looking at movies to see in the movie theater. But, I mean, the truth is there just, there really isn't anything in the theater. There, there's a bunch of movies that are classics that we love. And some of them, like we legitimately thought about maybe going to see like uh, the first Indiana Jones movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark. We were like, you know, that'd be kind of cool to see on the big screen. 
but, you know, I was really in the mood for a comedy, actually. And there just really isn't anything out there. Um, and and if look, if, if James Bond was on the big screen, I would be there. I was really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to Dune. Really looking forward to Black Widow. Really looking forward to Kong, uh, Kong vs. Godzilla. And Wonder Woman 1984. Well, all, all those previous movies have been pushed back. Um and yeah, Wonder Woman might be our only hope right now. Well, it, it was supposed to come out this month, and so now hopefully it won't move again. Yeah. Well, the sad thing is, like, at least the movie theaters where I live, they are taking those steps to ensure like COVID guidelines and safety. You know, and when I, I mean, and then there's me, like, so what I because I work at a university. <clears throat> I pretty much, when I come home, I, I shower and do like a whole wardrobe change. And so when I went to the movie theater, I did that same thing. Like after the movie theater, I just showered, did a whole wardrobe change, and then it was fine, you know? Yeah. But the theater itself, like they're, like they're, the seats in front of us and behind us were empty. We, there wasn't a lot of people in the same row as me. Like they they did a good job of like holding to those guidelines, you know, yeah. make sure everyone was faced around you. You're required to wear your mask, but you know, at the same time, cause I'll admit like halfway through Bill and Ted's, like I, I had taken my mask off to eat popcorn and I forgot to turn it, put it back on, you know, but there's like no one around me. So it was like safe. So it's like, they have that precaution in case people forget to put their masks on after they're done eating their popcorn, you know? Yeah, and, and and our theaters out here in Denver, are, they're doing the same thing. You know, AMC was doing the same thing. Well, part of the problem they're having is, like, when we went to go see Tenet, we were the only ones in the theater. And it's just people are just not coming out, and it's just so sad. Well, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, people are going... And standing in lines at Walmart. Yes. And and they're standing close to each other in lines at Walmart. And you're going yeah. to rest. You're going to restaurants. I know this. I mean, I'm like, if restaurants are open and accepting diners, movie theaters. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, lines along the exact same lines. I mean, the only thing I could think of is maybe the fact that you're sitting in the room for like you know two and a half hours or whatever. As opposed to like the 45 minutes to, you know, so, go shopping or something. The, the recipe for COVID is enclosed spaces with large groups of people for um, a long enough period in time of time to infect. So with theaters, they've really looked at the science and really looked at what they need to do to make sure people are safe because it's an enclosed space that you're going to be in for a long period of time. Yeah. And I think they've done a great job at listening to the experts and going, okay, this is how we have to do it so we can keep showing movies and people just aren't coming out for it. And the, and movies are not being released for them to attract people. Exactly. It's, it's like this, um, the a two-edged sword. It's like the, you know, the, I'm pretty much just recapping what you said. It's like, the, you know, Hollywood, they want to release these movies, but no one's coming to the movie theaters, but no one's coming to the movie theaters because there's no movies we want to go see. Like all the movies we want to see are being pushed back. And the more they get pushed back, the, the, you know, we're hurting that they're, the movie theaters themselves are getting hurt. So it's like, yeah. oh. so yeah. it's, it's just, we're starting to spiral and it's bad. It is. It is. 
All right. Well, we will keep you apprised of any situations involving our beloved movie theaters. But uh, in the meantime, I think it's time to talk some Terminator. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. And that bell means it is time for our main event, Terminator. In the 21st century, a weapon will be invented like no other. This weapon will be powerful, versatile, and indestructible. It can't be reasoned with. It can't be bargained with. It will feel no pity, no remorse, no pain, no fear. It will have only one purpose. To return to the present and prevent the future. This weapon will be called the Terminator. You're dead, honey. What day is it? The date? 12th May, Thursday. What year? Assigned to protect you. You've been targeted for termination. Why does it want me? Why me? Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. Your future is in its hands. Woo! Hey, special shout out to all you super nerds who have subscribed to the podcast. We really, really appreciate you. Help us get the word out and tell a friend about the podcast. And I also want to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. Come on, do it. You'll get plus 10 nerd XP. Nerd XP. But anyways, disguise as a human a cyborg assassin known as a Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, travels from 2029 to 1984 to kill Sarah Connor, played by Linda Hamilton. Sent to protect Sarah is Kyle Reese, played by Michael Bean, who divulges the coming of Skynet and artificial intelligence systems that will spark a nuclear holocaust. Sarah is targeted because Skynet knows that her unborn son will lead the fight against them. With the virtually unstoppable Terminator in hot pursuit, she and Kyle will do everything they can to not only survive, but to protect the future of humanity. All right, guys, Terminator 1. We're talking Terminator 1, not Terminator 2. Terminator 1. 
man, is this movie unbelievable. Unbelievable. What'd you guys think of it? So, for me, I watched it, and part of me kept feeling like this is old hat, but at the same time, I had to think about how revolutionary it was at the time it came out. Oh, yeah. Because so much has been done that's kind of played off a lot of the themes from Terminator, but it really was groundbreaking. Oh, yeah. Um, Completely groundbreaking. Nothing like this had ever been come out. Like, there's a lot of dystopia, you know, post-apocalyptic movies now yeah. in storylines, but, like, this was the movie and story that basically created that whole entire genre. Well, and not just, like, a dystopia, like, society kind of thing, but also, the, like, a time travel effect, too, because this is that whole grandfather paradox thing um, that this movie introduces. Because, you know, if, um, like, Kyle Reese, he comes back in time to protect Sarah Connor because he is the mother of, uh, what was it? What? Oh, I'm speaking on her son's name. John Connor? John Connor, yeah, because she's like his mother. And he's he's the one that's like, like they say in there that he's leading that fight and they actually made a huge push to defeat Dinah and he's the Terminator back to kill her. Yeah. And, you know, he and Kyle, they fall in love, get together, and he actually ends up becoming, he's the father, you know? So it's like that grandfather paradox oh, yeah. kind of thing, you know? And I was like, like watching this again, I was just like, yeah, this is kind of like, Revolutionary time because it was introducing like a dystopia society without having the whole movie be a dystopia society, as well as introducing this like interesting concept of time travel, you know? Oh yeah. Totally. And you know, when when you when you go back and watch the movie, I mean and, and you have an idea of what, what what to expect, like you 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 I think you miss out on some of the uh moments of sheer intense suspension and horror because you know the first time you go and watch this film you don't really know what either the terminator or kyle reese's character are up to like you you don't really have any idea you just know that these guys just kind of came out of nowhere and naked out of nowhere yeah Yeah. literally Yeah. yeah naked out of nowhere and you you don't know what their intentions are and yes you do see Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator like kill some guys up front. Uh, but you have Kyle Reese being chased by all the cops and everything. And cops are the good guys, right? So you have to you have to realize that they're chasing Kyle Reese. Is Kyle Reese a bad guy? Like, what is he up to? And so uh And then he's stalking her. Yes, he, yeah, and yeah. he's straight up stalking her, which obviously is not a good thing. So, like, what is going on? And so you like you you feel for Sarah Connor. Well, I guess all the Sarah Connors <laughs> that are being targeted for termination. Woo! Well, neither, and along what you were just saying there is you don't really kind of get a feel for what's happening until, like, you know, uh, the Terminator, he has his one eye messed up. And so he's at the hotel and he starts, like, fixing it. And that's when you see it's like, whoa, there's a robot under there kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, that's yeah. kind of when, like, I remember the first time I watched it, I, it was really intense and, like, sitting on the edge of my seat. I was like, what the heck is going on? You yeah. know? And then when and, I saw that part, I was kind of like, wait, wait, what's happening? Yes. <laughs> and and you, and you actually, 
Uh, you know what adds significantly to the tension of the film, uh, especially when you watch it in our day and age of technology, is the lack of technology available to Sarah Connor. Like she can't, she can't mm. get a hold of the police. She she's got to find quarters <laughs> for the payphone. The payphone's right. not working. I mean, I mean, nowadays we, we would like immediate. Like we might, we might have been like you know Facebook living it. Or, yeah, you know? she can't yeah. warn her warn her roommate because her oh, roommate yeah. is wearing those headphones yeah, those all yeah. the time. Yeah. Now your phone just interrupts your music when you get a phone call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the the, the lack of technology or the, just the '80s technology, I should say, is like adds to the suspense. And like when Sarah. Is in the, uh, the the something noir dance uh, club. Technoir. Yeah, Technoir dance club, yeah. and she has to sit there and she has to wait for the police. I mean, I'm just sitting there going like, "Oh my word, come on!" Like you got to sit there and wait like five, ten minutes just for somebody to show up. You know, I mean. Well, you still have to do that, well, but yeah, at least but, you'd have your phone to play with. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You could be live streaming it and be like, "Someone's stalking yes, me." But, 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 Internet help. But I think, I think, but, but she's all alone though. She's alone, scared for her life, and she's sitting there. Whereas nowadays, yeah, you'd be on the phone the whole time. Well, at the same point though, it's the lack of technology that saves her life. Oh yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. Because if she the had Terminator- the live streaming, they would have been like, "Okay, get her." Yeah, there would be yeah. no warning because no one would have died yeah. ahead of time. Skynet would have uh, found her on, on the grid and, and killed her. Yeah, but but that that scene in Technoir in the dance studio when it starts going uh, slow mo and Arnold. Uh, or she she drops something and she bends down and Arnold just happens to look across her her spot but but she bent down i mean this is like oh my word it's so oh, intense that part was so yeah i remember watching that and i was like oh my gosh stay yes. down don't stand up <laughs> yes and then and then the but but then the arnold sees her this terminator sees her and it goes into that slow-mo weird kind of nightmarish uh you know oh my word that I love that scene. That scene might actually be like one of my favorite uh, of of the entire movie. It's just how intense it was, and um, God, yeah, I love that scene. I loved it. It was so that's, awesome. That's so funny because one of my favorite scenes is when the Terminator is just blasting through the police. Oh yeah. Oh, just like he, because you know. Like Reese is in there and he's yelling that like she's not safe. He's gonna come for. Her, he's gonna kill everyone in his path. And then the Terminator he like walks in calmly. He's like, "Hey, I'm here to see Sarah Connor." You know, paraphrasing. Yes. Like, and they're like, "Oh, you gotta wait. She's still in interrogation." He's like, "Okay." And then he's, you know his iconic, "I'll be back." And he yes. And then he comes like tear. And he's I just that scene when he's just marching through the police station just killing everyone and like they're shooting him and you know he's a he's a robot it like maybe it kind of like jerks him back with nothing more he just keeps going like he just keeps going and it's like i just like it's so crazy because i love that scene of destruction because he's like unstoppable he is in that moment you're just like how are they supposed to stop him you know he's just tearing through this police station mowing everyone and everything down 
So, an important thing that Austin was talking to me about when we watched the movie is how Arnold Schwarzenegger did not want to say, I'll yes. be back. Yeah. So, no. so I, I actually know a lot of the backstory, back history of, of this movie. Um, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Cameron, uh, which, by the way, this is James Cameron's first movie. His first movie that he filmed from start to finish. Uh, which is an important distinction. I'll talk about that a little later. But but Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Cameron uh, got along really, really well. And they had a lot of good creative things bouncing off of each other. But the one, the only source of, of uh, contention between them two was the line, I'll be back. Because Arnold, because of his accent, it was really hard for him to say I'll. He wanted to say, I will be back because Arnold actually thought with his Austrian accent that I'll be back sounded too feminine and uh, and I will be back sounded more masculine termin Terminator robot ish. But but the, but the funny story was James Cameron was having a really bad day. And he was sick and tired of hearing Arnold complain. And he just said, he basically just told Arnold to, to shut up and just say it. <laughs> just say it. I don't care. We're not talking about this anymore. Just say, I'll be back. And so so Arnold had to practice quite a bit saying, I'll, I'll. And uh, I think he did fine. Yeah. It's one of the like iconic phrases of all of movie history. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like, I remember my parents saying it to me in that, like mimicking his, his <laughs> accent and voice. And I, and so when I watched the movie and he said it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's where they get it from. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll be back. Came from it, but yeah. And they yes. still do it. They still will do it. <laughs> Isn't it used in Arnold Crank Calls? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, it is funny that you mentioned that, uh, Jekka, that, but yeah, that's like one of the most famous movie lines of all of all of all of Hollywood history. You know, I'll be back. Everybody knows that, you yeah. know, everybody's heard of it. So, yeah. Like, even if they don't know it come, came from the Terminator, they know Arnold Schwarzenegger. Something. Yes. 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 But yeah, no, but you're right, Jekka. That scene in the police station was unbelievable because you really get a sense of how completely unstoppable a terminator is and 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 it makes it so much more terrifying for sarah connor and kyle reese because it's just those two they're the only two that understand and can put everything into context yeah, yeah. and I, I just and like what comes to my mind also is like part of that scene when sarah starts hearing the gunshots going off and the screaming oh. she crawls under the desk and she's just hiding under the desk and I just like that scene because I'm like, it, it reflects that. Because in Terminator 2, she becomes like the gung-ho fighter, you know? Yes. But in this movie, she's still just like your average Joe. Just like, there's these two guys after me. One's claiming to save me. The other one is just saying my name and shooting up people, you know? And, and I just, I love that instinct to just hide. And, and you don't know who's on the other side of that door. Exactly. Like, the, yeah. the, the way they edit the film, like, you're almost expecting maybe it is arnold's character uh but yeah so so they 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 use every moment of tension they can to to sell this movie so yeah it was awesome amanda did you have a scene that you really liked or a character or something that really stood out to you 
from the film? Honestly, the thing that I loved is the use of the phone book. Oh, yeah. I love the use of the phone book. And I'm trying to imagine explaining to my kids when they're adults and having never used a phone book or a payphone or even what a payphone looks like. Yeah. To, go, to, to explain to them so that way if they go back in time, they can A, get clothes and get to a payphone so they can figure out how to use the payphone. But the, the the phone book to find someone's name because yeah like I, I can barely I'm trying to explain to my oldest how to use a dictionary and that's difficult <laughs> right oh yeah that is pretty funny and, and then how to do maps and addresses because that's kind of yeah like you just google it now yeah yeah but you know what what's terrifying about the phone book is you know, back then, everybody's information was in it. Yeah. I mean, anybody could have been targeted for termination. Like, you you felt that you were just as vulnerable as Sarah Connor was, as all yeah. the Sarah Connors. And, and, and that's part of the reason why I like this film so much is because, like, you can fall into the main character and see yourself in that same predicament if this wild, crazy, futuristic scenario happened, you know? Yeah, just 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 a, such a great movie. So, um, so so I got some I got some uh, Terminator facts. Uh, like so so I know a lot about this film. You guys could probably just ask about anything, and I could say it. But I've got three facts that I think are really really interesting about this whole thing. So uh, so number one, the Terminator came from a nightmare James Cameron had. Uh, so, so director and co-writer James Cameron first thought of the idea for the Terminator while stressed out and fever-stricken in Rome during production on his low-budget horror movie Piranha 2, The Spawning, which he reluctantly agreed to direct. So after a hard night of editing his own cut of the movie that he hated, Cameron dreamed of a solid chrome torso crawling out of an explosion and dragging itself across the floor. The director quickly cooked up the story of a robot assassin sent back in time to kill the woman whose son will become the savior of humankind, and the Terminator was born. So Cameron Cameron was actually fired by the producer, from Piranha 2 before it finished filming. So Cameron never finished directing that first movie, Piranha 2. So he actually considers The Terminator his first film since he actually directed the whole film, not just part of it. So on a side note, though, the design of the Terminator T-800 skeleton model from the movie was actually the way James Cameron had saw it in his nightmare. Wow. And so, so his nightmare. <laughs> so, so if you, if, if, yeah, crazy. Huh? So if you think about at the end of the movie, end of the Terminator, which by the way, we, we could go back and talk about, it, and I hope we do, but the oh. end scene <laughs> in which uh, the, the torso is crawling towards Sarah Connor with the one hand about ready to choke her. That, that is what, that is what James Cameron saw in his nightmare. And so he put his nightmare on the screen 
And 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 let's be actually let's let's go back and let's talk about the end scene because yeah, talk about it. Holy cow! Holy cow! That thing was crazy. I mean, how many times could they try to kill that thing? And it just come. It kept coming back. And, and that it was, was so perfect that this was done in a robotics laboratory. Oh uh, yeah, robotics manufacturing. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, big time. Yeah. And I have to say, like, it's that is what made the movie so good. Because, you know, it's like, oh. this, and it just shows over and over again, it's this unstoppable force. And finally, is like, after this long, long, what is it, like, two days, three days or something? Like, this long <laughs> yeah. period, they're finally able to take it down. Ooh. But it's like, after everyone else, including Reese, yeah. gets, gets, like, dies along the way, and it's just Sarah Connor, and even then she gets she's backing away and she's stuck and she has nowhere to go and that's when yes. it finally finally dies you know yeah it's, and it's like, yeah and it's like practically touching her face and it dies like, yeah oh. and, I, and I, I remember the first time watching it um actually actually just for context purposes i actually saw terminator 2 before i saw the first terminator i saw terminator 2 when at a sleepover i was about 14 years old and I had never seen a movie like this in my entire life. I, my parents did not let me watch rated R movies. I had never seen a movie like this. I was literally, I, I'll be honest, uh, there was a there was a fold-out bed, uh, like a fold-out couch bed. Everybody was on the fold-out thing watching it, but I was so scared. I was hiding under the fold-out bed, under blankets, but I, but I could not take my eyes off the film. I was so entranced, and so, so I got to watch this before you did. You did? Wait, wait. Oh yeah. Oh, Terminator One or Terminator Two? Terminator Two. Okay, so yeah, I watched Terminator Two when I was about fourteen years old, and and then I watched Terminator One probably about fifteen years old. But um, but when I watched Terminator One the first time, like I legitimately thought, even though I had saw Terminator Two, like okay, well I guess you know when the when the truck blew up and the Terminator like was on fire, I was like, well yeah, I could I could probably mess it up. And then yeah, it popped back up. And I was like, oh man, here it comes. <laughs> and but and then but when when Kyle Reese shoved the dynamite <coughs> uh in 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 the torso and it blew up, I was like the first time it died, I kind of had a small inkling, but I was like, okay, y'all yeah, go with it. But the second time I was like, no, okay, it's definitely dead now. Definitely. And then when it popped back up and started crawling, yeah, I was I was blown away at that point. Blown away. It's so funny, Austin, that you saw Terminator 2 before Terminator 1, because that was the exact same thing with me. Yeah. Like, I, I don't remember this. I don't have it as vivid in my mind, but I remember I, I had seen Terminator 2 first. And so watching Terminator 1 really threw me for a loop because in Terminator 2, the T-800 is the good, is actually trying yeah. to protect sarah and john you know mm -hmm. and so the first one was throwing me for a loop because i was like wait he's the but it's arnold schwarzenegger like he's he's the terminator he's the good guy and i was like i was so confused and that's what made it really yeah. intense for me that first like my first time watching it because i had seen the second one first you know yeah so we all we all saw the second one first <laughs> but i never saw the first one until i was much older Really? Yeah, it was yeah. years between seeing Terminator 2 versus the first Terminator. <laughs> so I, 
I had to watch Terminator 2 and Terminator 1 at various sleepovers because my because my parents wouldn't. I don't even think I told my parents I watched them because my parents would not let me watch those films. They would have been mad at me. But uh, yeah, I watched both of them at sleepovers late at night, you know, hopped up on like Mountain Dew and, and Doritos <laughs> and just glued to the TV. I just I loved how deep the story was. It was crazy. But uh, but yeah. OK, so what is the because I've been thinking about this. You know, do we show our kids Terminator 1 and then Terminator 2? I think I would like to do it that way. That, that's the way it should be done because... It should be done that way, yeah. Then you're just as terrified as Sarah Connor Ooh. was in T2 when she oh, sees yeah. Arnold. Like, yeah. The, yeah. the terror that she has seeing him pop yeah. up. That's what our kids need to have when they see him yeah. in T2. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I was, like, oh, go for it, Yes, like, because watching Terminator 2... That I do remember that scene when she like he comes up and she's like absolutely terrified. I was confused. I was like, why? Why is she so scared of him? And then like yeah. when I saw the Terminator, I was like, oh, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and honestly, I think the scene that really stands out the most in Terminator Two, if you watch them in sequential order, is when John Connor's in the back hallway and you and you've got two Terminators coming at John Connor. And you don't really know what to expect because you just watched Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator take out the biker gang. And then you just watched, uh, you know, the T-1000 kill the police officer. I mean, they're going around killing people left and right. And you don't know, (laughs) you don't know what's going on. And you got John Connor in the hallway. And if John, oh, and that's the thing. If Sarah Connor dies in the T-1, just like in, you know, John, John Connor T-2, if Sarah Connor dies, like, we we all die. We're all screwed. Humanity is screwed. So, so like, it's, it's not just if Sarah Connor dies. It's like, you will die, too. Your family will die. So, yeah, yeah. It's so intense. So, just to move on to the next fact, because yes. would Terminator have been as impactful okay. without Arnold? Okay, all right. So, that's Amanda's cue to say, move on, Austin. Okay. So, so here's the second one, the second fact uh, that some people may or may not know. But uh, the studio actually wanted O.J. Simpson to play the Terminator. So, so there's more to this than, than you realize. Because Arnold Schwarzenegger first came to the attention of James Cameron after the head of Orion Pictures had met the former Mr. Universe at a party. And at that point... Arnold's only legitimate acting experience had been in 1982's Conan the Barbarian. And, you know, he was eager to break into different kinds of roles. So Orion originally wanted Arnold to play Kyle Reese, you know, the human fighter sent back in time. And he wanted former NFL star O.J. Simpson. The studio wanted O.J. Simpson. Yes. Yeah, the studio wanted O.J. Simpson to play the Terminator. So... So Cameron initially initially didn't like either choice, and and he took the meeting with Schwarzenegger with the intention of picking a fight with him, so that way James Cameron could storm back to the studio and demand a new actor. But what happened was Arnold uh, sat down with James Cameron for dinner, and Arnold actually had some really great ideas on how the actor should portray the Terminator and how the Terminator should be portrayed. And instead of getting mad and picking a fight with Arnold, uh, James Cameron was 
actually seriously impressed with some of Arnold's ideas on how the Terminator should be portrayed. And so Cameron offered Arnold the role of the Terminator at that actual, you know, dinner. And Arnold, he wanted to play Kyle Reese, though, because he had more lines, you know, acting lines. And he didn't want, Arnold didn't want to be typecast as like this muted, muscle-bound action hero because he had just finished Conan the Barbarian. And that's kind of what, you know, Conan was, was like this muted barbarian dude. So to convince Arnold that he was perfect for the role of, of, uh, uh, to, to convince Arnold that he was perfect for the role of the Terminator, James Cameron actually had a painting done of Arnold with half of Arnold's face missing. And in that other half was the Terminator face. So it was half Arnold, half Terminator face. And, and he sent that painting over to Arnold and told Arnold, hey, look, you know, you, you really should be the Terminator because the Terminator is a bigger part than you realize. I mean, the movie's actually called The Terminator. And when Arnold saw that painting, it blew Arnold's mind on how cool it was going to be. And so from that point on, both Arnold and James Cameron couldn't see anybody else playing the Terminator. So I, I can't imagine anyone else. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I just I looked up. Right now, I just barely kind of looked up pictures of O.J. Simpson, and it really, it's like, I mean, I don't know how it would have pinned out. He probably would have done a great job, but it's just, Arnold did such a good job. And, you know, last week we yeah. talked about The Mandalorian and how Pedro Pascal and the stunt actors did a fantastic job of acting without their face being seen, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger did an amazing job at kind of doing the opposite where you can see his face, but there's no emotion because he's yeah. he did a yeah. fantastic job of doing that, of just being this killing machine that has a, the, a mission, you know? The other thing is his accent in a way, it felt like it, he was a machine searching for the correct words to use on, with humans. Yeah. Yeah. And that added this other layer of feeling like he's a robot yeah so and i actually only, have a oh, oh go for it Jekka. i was gonna say not only just like searching for words to communicate with humans but words for a different time period because he's coming from the future to the past and yeah. we all know that like language and slang changes over time so it kind of yeah. added to that that he's like getting in the groove of how someone speaks in the 80s in America, yeah. you know. So go ahead. So, so, so I actually have a little clip here. It's it's just like a minute or two of Arnold and James Cameron talking about that dinner in which uh, they had to talk about. You know, yeah, Arnold, you should play it. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to to take a listen. So let's go. What, ahead what did you think when when you first got the script for for T one? I mean, because they they wanted you to read for the other guy, right? So you read it thinking about the other guy. Or, you know, about Reese? Do you remember what you were thinking I, when you read it? The more I, uh, I read the script, the more I remember I got fascinated by the Terminator. The bad guy. The bad guy. Right. Which I thought was the real cool guy. Your clothes. Give them to me. What he loved was the story. And what he especially loved was everything that Terminator did. We were talking about the, along the lines of me playing the heroic character. Right, Because right. uh, that's what I thought you were coming in for. And the funny thing was, when I went to that lunch, 
I didn't see that as, as you know, in the back of my mind, I was thinking the Terminator, you were thinking the Terminator, but we sit and we have this polite lunch because we've never met each other, and neither one of us mentions it, right? And then we both go back to our guys and say, Terminator, <laughs> you know? You, you, you then did something really smart. You sent over to my office your painting mm -hmm. that you did of Terminator. Right. You impressed with actually with my face on it. Right. And with the holding the 45 or like this across the chin like this. And I looked at this painting and I said, I am the Terminator. <laughs> I'm going to make this call now. Right. And I called Lou, right. uh, my agent, right away. And I called you and I said, I want to play the Terminator. Yeah. And then the deal was made. What changed was that the original concept as written, and, and, this, and the script didn't change at all, not a single line of dialogue was changed, but the visual concept was that the Terminator was this anonymous character who could walk out of a crowd, just one face in the crowd, uh, could walk up and kill you for no apparent reason except for what your life would mean in some future time. And, and that concept changed because Arnold doesn't vanish into a crowd. It took on a slightly more hyperbolic visual style it is a little more a little larger than life it still played sort of realistically as but it but it became more nightmarish and you always knew he wasn't quite human so so there you go there you go all right third third thing uh i thought would be kind of fun third fact was uh a lot of people don't realize this but uh the first terminator film had a ton of production issues because uh, the production was actually all set up, ready to start filming. They were just weeks away, but they had to wait almost a year before they could actually start. So what happened was um, James Cameron was finally ready to start filming in spring of 1983 when the producer of Conan the Barbarian called him and basically exercised an option in Schwarzenegger's Conan contract to force Arnold to appear in the sequel to Conan, which was Conan the Destroyer, before he could exercise his Terminator contract with Cameron. So the entire filming, the, the entire schedule for the Terminator had to basically be scrapped and was delayed for nine months so Arnold could go off and film Conan the Destroyer in Mexico first. And, I'd be so pissed. Oh yeah, so, oh, I, so I was thinking after listening to that clip where both Arnold and Cameron were so excited for him to play the Terminator, and then this happens, like yes. he's so mad. Well, yeah, it, but 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 you have to think it 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 was the entire like you know hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of jobs suddenly had to you know get postponed for like a full year, yeah. you know. Uh, because they because they couldn't see anybody else playing the Terminator at that point. It was going to be Arnold. And and what happened was, you know, that added a ton of uh, production and, and or added to the budget of the film. And what ended up happening was when the movie was about ready to be released. Holy cow. It was getting so many bad reviews from insiders who had seen the film. In fact, uh, Terminator 1 was getting such bad reviews that the studio was almost thinking of maybe never releasing the film. Oh, wow. Never releasing it. And oh. so, so obviously the film did get released, but you know, it, it, it didn't really get the full um, marketing campaign and it didn't really get uh, a, a, you know, lengthy stay in the uh, movie theaters. 
And so what actually happened was they they barely like recouped their costs. It, it then the the film started picking up like word of mouth, but they had basically already removed it from the theaters. But then when the film started going uh, and getting you know on uh, TV, you know being shown on TV networks, like the 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 word of mouth had picked up enough that people wanted to watch it on the TV. And then when VHS came out, people started buying it like crazy. And then that's when the studios realized they actually had like a a pretty huge hit on demand or a, a huge hit on their uh, on their uh, studio, you know, library. And then all this demand started popping up for Terminator Two, and and year after year that they waited. The, the the demand for a Terminator sequel just kept growing and growing. And so they eventually went from having this Terminator 1 with like a real, you know, shoddy budget, nobody wanted to see it, to Terminator 2, which had been greenlit for the time to have the largest movie budget in Hollywood history. So it went from like nothing to, okay, let's shove all the money you want into a sequel. So... That's pretty crazy. That's so funny. And it it's funny, like a little off topic, but the Princess Bride was kind of a similar story like that, where it was like bad in the theaters, but as soon as it hit VHS, like word of mouth just made it a success. Yeah. That is so funny. So funny. Absolutely. All right. So we're 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 probably about wrapping up, but you know, I've been doing a lot of talking. Anything else you guys want to talk about Terminator wise? Terminator one ish. Um, I just want to point out that we have nine years to uh, experience Skynet and this nuclear holocaust and the Terminators coming after us. So just keep that in mind. That's nine years from now. <laughs> well, no, it, it was supposed to have already happened. Yeah, it was supposed to happen in 1997. Oh, right. Ooh, has um, it happened and we just don't but, realize it. <laughs> but it, it depends on what... It depends on what which which Terminator movie yeah, at this point. Do, do we go with Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis, Terminator Dark Fate? Which is the uh, official timeline? Terminator Three. I forgot that one. Yeah, and and at this point, it could happen this year, and I wouldn't be surprised. Right? <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty. There we go. Just okay. Okay. Take over. <laughs> so wait. Okay. So real quick. Real quick, and then I'll shut up because <laughs> Amanda's giving me the eye. All right, because we're talking about this, and I and I I don't know if we'll ever get around to you know doing a Terminator Three rewind. Maybe we will, but but uh, so I had a friend who was a manager of a movie theater, and we got to watch movies some sometimes multiple weeks in advance. And uh, Terminator Three: uh, Rise of the Machines, in which Skynet actually launches the nukes, if you remember that film, uh, the Skynet uprising happens at Vandenberg Air Force Base in Colorado. I'm sorry, in California. And in Terminator 3, I don't remember it right off the top of my head, but in Terminator 3, they say the exact day and time at Vandenberg Air Force Base that the rise of Skynet or the rise of the machines happens. And I'm in the Army, and... I watched the film weeks in advance because of my buddy that was the movie theater manager. And I put two and two together and I realized, wait a minute. I, because of the army sending me, I will be at Vandenberg air force base on the exact day at the exact time that the rise of the machines happens when Skynet launches the, the whole 
you know, nuclear war. I'm going to be at ground zero fictionally. And so uh, on that exact day and time, I, I was watching for it. And I had a buddy of mine take a picture of me curled up in the fetal position as if the nukes were going off. And I had, <laughs> and I had them hold the cell phone that showed the exact day and time that I was at Vandenberg Air Force Base during uh, during Skynet's uprising. So I, I have that picture still. So I was there. <laughs> Pretty dang cool. I, I, I'm, I'm so glad, glad you were you there still, for the rise of the machines. I know. I'm, I'm glad you survived the nuclear holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> and we so, all have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right, folks. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Please hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever else you find us. Hey, next week, we are going to be talking Cobra Kai. That's right. Season one and two. So if you've been binging it like us, make sure to leave us a voicemail with your thoughts on Cobra Kai at anchor.fm slash super nerd podcast. And you just might be featured on the upcoming show. You can also email us your thoughts on Cobra Kai at super at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search super nerd podcast. Give us a like, give us a share and tell a friend about us but from all of us at super nerd podcast stay nerdy my friends have fun we'll be back listen and understand that terminator is out there it can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. <laughs>